Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. do have something in my throat. <laughs> That's what she said. Right. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Den Playing by the Rules. My name is Janelle. And I'm Jenna. And today we are going to talk about another ultimate thing you're not supposed to talk about as a, I mean, as a human, but also as a mom, especially as a mom, but as a parent overall. Today's topic is mom rage. And Jenna and I have never suffered from this, so we're just here. <laughs> You're just <laughs> we are happy and we sing kumbaya. Yeah, I mean, our we As just finished we homeschool and it was it was perfect. I didn't yell. I didn't get frustrated. I mean, my my kid just breezed through it and was so no. loving and peaceful and cuddly and. Oh my god, Zach is going oh, through such no. a teenager phase. No, Jenna's being completely full of shit. And we oh yeah, all he are. was a complete jerk. He was up way too late. <laughs> and so then after homeschool, I was like, and because of the way you acted, here's some extra work. And I'm seeing you later. Have your dad check it. Oh so. yeah, Zach got screens taken away from an, for another week at breakfast this morning. Nice. I was like, cool. We got him back. What you lost him Wednesday to Wednesday last week too. It's mm-hmm. like you're just right on track. Oh wait, Jenna, do you have any like good gossip for your life before we get started? Do you want to catch us up on anything? Um, how's Halloween prep? How's RV life? How's everything? Everything's good. We're trying to figure out what we want to do for Halloween. Just with everything, my daughter doesn't really. Re- She's never really been trick-or-treating. She was a baby. So we really want to do that with her, but trying to figure out how to do that safely and how to see friends, but see it safely. And, you know, just trying to manage like all that. Um, I want Halloween to be full on this year. I know. Well, last, last year, year I think we just was so good. Last year was so good. So. We were all together with our one other friend. But like, isn't it weird to think like last year we even didn't know if like COVID was touch transmission. So like mm-hmm. we weren't even taking candy from other people. Like how yep. weird is it now that we like know that there's like no like allegedly no touch transmission. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't have to think about touching stuff anymore as being weird. Well, I still do. Jenna, well, that's general, because but- you are a – once again, clarify Jenna is a registered germaphobe before COVID. I mean, so yeah, you so. get to still be like however you want to be forever. All right. So we have nothing exciting going on here. We're trying to figure out Halloween too. This episode will come out <clears> after Halloween. Virginia. It's a possibility we might go see Jenna in Virginia. We're deciding today. Yeah. Uh, can I fly with two kids and not have mom rage? That should be a follow-up episode. Or a this. spiral. Yeah. Uh, I don't really spiral. I just get like, stop touching. Stop touching. Mm. Are you ready to talk mom rage? Because I feel like all of us are going to feel so comforted by this. And I am going to go out and say the big reason that mom rage in all of the research that I've done is um, so swept under the rug is because no one wants to admit it. And Um, even even in these articles, this woman that wrote one of the articles was saying, I spoke with like 30 women and none of them would go on the record because, quote unquote, you know, mom shame. Mm-hmm. So none of us are talking about this. And according to an article that I will link, um, I'll link all three of these articles from the Every Mom. All moms have experienced moments of pure, unadulterated 
rage. So if Mm -hmm. you're sitting on the other end of this listening right now saying like, not me, all moms rage at their spouses, rage at a world that leaves them overwhelmed and entirely depleted. Healthy moms experience rage and it does not mean there is something wrong or that anyone is in danger. I just thought that was a really eloquent point. And another part of it said, parent rage is generally an indicator that the parent is not feeling heard or supported or is feeling mm-hmm. burnt out. So break it, break it into those three. I can't think of a moment of pure, unadulterated rage at my spouse or anyone that mm-hmm. wasn't not feeling heard, not feeling supported, or feeling burnt out. Yeah. And just like and, with the burnout, like overwhelmed as well, like too yes. much on your plate, can't juggle it in terms of burnout. Not just like, oh, I'm so tired of doing this. Like you're just so fucking overwhelmed. It's it comes so out as- overwhelmed. And so they're calling us pandemic parent and they're calling this pandemic parenting. And it looks so different for everyone. But all of us left school on March 14th of 2020 and thought we'd be back in two weeks. And everyone that's a parent or not a parent is living in an alternate universe right now mm-hmm. from what we left that day and that moment. And moms especially have been kind of have, if you look at the statistics have been forced out of the workforce and forced to stay home and take care of kids and switch their entire lives. Parents in general, my neediness and our neediness for my husband has increased 400%. There's no human being, I don't think that has just been completely unaffected by the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. I think the pandemic exaggerated mm-hmm. mom rage in a yes, lot of Yes, what us. was already there. But it was already there. Like it's something I already struggled with a little bit on occasion. Mm -hmm. But now having everyone home, having way more roles than I did before and not having enough time in the day, it has shown a light on that mom rage and made it a little. It's a lot. You're just prominent. You have so many sticks in the fire right now. And we don't even have like nine to five jobs or side hustles or real jobs. But we Mm -hmm. I don't think we ever anticipated homeschooling our kids and moving and all the shifting life circumstances of trying to keep kids safe and you can't even take two kids to a doctor's appointment anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I have to arrange childcare to take one kid to the dentist because mm-hmm. you can't take two to one doctor. You can't get, I can only get flu shots at one place for one kid. And I have to go to a different place for flu shots for another kid. Cause we have an asthma doctor and like, it's all chaotic. I can't take kids to appointments. You used to be able to take them to the dentist with you and put them in a chair with their screen or a book. And mm-hmm. you can't do any of that anymore. And mm-hmm. childcare is extremely, I mean, I can't, like, childcare overall for the working mother is almost unattainable because childcare workers are so short staffed right now. I just, I can't even fathom the amount on the plates of working parents Mm -mm. that are trying to school children and shuttle children. And a lot of cities have bus shortages. So they're shuttling their kids to and from school around their jobs and Mm -hmm. dinner and grocery shopping. And like, there is so much going on that if you if mom rage was a thing in 2019, it's a quadruple thing in 2021. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I think that homeschooling has put whole other pressures. And I know that we talked about it in the homeschool episode and that's where I experience it the most, honestly, and not even necessarily during homeschool, but sometimes like the after effects after homeschool, then it's like, okay, we just finished homeschool and that was super stressful. My son wasn't listening. My daughter was climbing on me. 
I was thinking of our to-do list. I had things coming through on my phone and then you finish school and then you see all that has to be done in the house and it's one o'clock and you're like, I haven't worked out. I haven't eaten today. I haven't even finished my coffee and now I have to do all these other things. Oh, well now it's time the kids want to eat. Okay. Let me feed them real quick. Oh, now I need to clean that up. Okay. Now it's like, let me start on my projects. It's three o'clock and then you have to start dinner. And it's like, Jenna and I were messaging each other last night and I was eating, I ate like chips and peanut butter pretzels and like somebody's leftover cashews for dinner in the car Uh on the way home. And Jenna was like, I'm eating my kids like leftover noodles. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't even we didn't yeah. even know, like, we didn't feed ourselves <laughs> yesterday. I had two yeah. servings of vegan cauliflower cheese crackers for dinner and peanut butter pretzels from yep. Costco. Like, that was my dinner. And then you're so like, tired by the end of the day. And it's like, I'm tired. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. But so that's another interesting point. And I brought this up to my husband the other day. So we went out to dinner the other night, and I, driving there, had a full, I want to just put this out there and I'm going to make like an infographic about this because my husband, not, he was here getting ready a little bit ago. So this isn't just to like pump up his feathers, but I told him afterwards, like, I love you so much for how well you handled that. I had a full, on the way to the restaurant, a full verbal diarrhea of everything that was stressing me out. My oldest had been exceptionally difficult to teach over that week. It started to get cold. My kids were like acting out in weird ways, which we realized was like a result of their dad traveling and some books they shouldn't have been reading. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, I can't stand this. Like you're never home. I'm by myself. You have friends here. I don't really have friends here. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. And he literally let me spew. And at the end of it said, I'm not going to try to solve any of this for you. I'm just going to listen. And I was like, that's literally like exactly what I needed. And that night we got home and I was like, I needed that so bad was just to like, and that's a big part of this article is like finding people that you can speak openly and freely Mm -hmm. about your bad moments with. And I have that with Mm -hmm. Jenna or finding a therapist you can do it with where there's going to be no judgment. Or if your spouse isn't in a a place that they put up with your crazy long enough that they can do it without judgment, like that is one of the top alleviating balms to put Mm -hmm. on top of unadulterated, overwhelming rage. Right. So I know when we were on our our V trip, the first day that we had to road school and it was new surroundings, it happened to be a rainy day. So everyone is in the RV. Like usually my husband will go work outside and, or we'll go do homeschool outside. Well, this time we were all inside and (laughs) it was one of my worst parenting moments. Um, Shit got out of control. I got out of control. My son got out of control. It was not a good moment at all. And I afterwards was in such a bad, not a bad mood, not cranky. I felt like lightheaded, kind of floaty, just, Mm -hmm. it was not a good feeling. I felt awful. And I just happened to text Janelle. And then I was actually kind of like self-conscious about it. I was like, is she going to judge me? Think I'm a bad mom. (laughs) But I was like, I just need to get this out. Brandon Mm -hmm. was in the situation. I just felt like he was too involved. Yeah to be unbiased. And he just kept saying, it's okay. We've all had those moments. It's okay. Like Ezra was awful. I don't know what was going on, you know? And and I'm just like, you're not telling me what I need to hear. And he kept trying to give me like solutions like next time. And I'm like, no, like I'm focused on what just happened. Yes. And so I text Janelle and I tell her what happened. And she was like, want to hear mine? And told me something that happened with her and her son. And I was like, 
are you serious? Are you just saying that? And she was like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, I feel so much better. Like it was just that fact that I wasn't alone, but it's not something you openly are like, oh my gosh, guess what happened today? Like it's behind closed doors, Mm -hmm. but just getting out there and like the fact that Janelle could like relate to it. And I think so highly of Janelle as a mother. And I was like (laughs) the fact that she has these moments too, when she always looks so like put together and you know, when we're outside parenting outside of the house, like you always just look like you've got your shit together. I was like the fact that sometimes behind their closed doors, other things Mm -hmm. get out of control too. It was just such a comfort. Like it's such a comfort. And I think if every woman can start and no one's saying go to your book club and admit your faults in front of you need to know where you're safe. And I think there should be some sort of like code word for like, do you want to be my person? So like at Mm -hmm. the gym I used to go to in Richmond, you'd have like an accountability partner. I think there needs to be that for moms where you can say, can you be my safe space where I can tell you the gnarliest thing I did Mm -hmm. and how awful I feel and how I feel like a failure as a parent and can you not solve it for me, but tell me something similar that you did because it is so cleansing. And even you didn't know that you telling me that bad day you had with your son and me telling you that bad day I had with my son, I hadn't told anybody about that. And so it felt really good to be like, yeah, we're dealing with some intense Mm seven-year-old feelings and we're matching them sometimes. And let's like think of how to not match them. Because my husband will just walk by and be like, you and Zach are arguing about the same thing because you're the same person. Don't argue with him. And I'll be like, but he's still talking. And he'll be like, she's still talking because we are (laughs) the same person. And he's like, you two just need to stop talking. I'm like, that's not helpful. I need a solution. Mm -hmm. Like, it is helpful to just have another mom that can come alongside you and say like, yeah, shit got real here once Mm -hmm. too. And guess what? Let's talk. And Jenna and I think both did like a one sentence, like remember at at bedtime tonight to tell him I was wrong. I don't have an excuse. I was wrong. And no one should treat you like that. And I'm sorry. Like you told me, I think it was like late afternoon, (laughs) late afternoon, you were like, have you and Ezra made up yet? And I was like, yeah, we did. Like, it was just like, you had like that little reminder. And I was like, we did. We're good. And like, you even told me like, give yourself some space. Like you don't have to solve this right now. Cool down, separate a little bit, get to where you both mentally need to be. And I had to respect Ezra too. Like he wanted space and I wanted space. Mm -hmm. And he's the kind of kid that like afterwards he wants to make it up to me big time. And I told him like, we were both wrong, but I need some space right now. And I need you to respect that. And then we'll talk about it. And then I told him, I was like, I don't want you to sit here and try and make it up to me because that's not your job. No. If you did something that was really hurtful and it was all on you, yes, but it was both of us. So we just kind of need to like wipe it clean. And we talked about next time I asked him, like, what can I do to help you when you get in those situations? And here's what I need you to do for me. And I mean, it's really worked. So. And I think that's great modeling because that's something that we can use with our spouses too. Mm-hmm. I've had to say to Josh countless times like, oh, the way that I came at you with this, like I shouldn't have done that or like, but your response really like aggravated the situation. And so you're modeling with Ezra, like A, my emotions are not yours to manage mm-hmm. and B, like let's come to a solution and brainstorm how to handle this better in the future. That's going to be very serving to him in future yeah. relationships. Yeah. Well, and then he tried to like come up to me and like 
you know, just be all like over the top. And I was just, you know, I just told him, I was like, that's not right now. I don't know. I don't want him to get into that habit of people. He needs to fix everything and he needs to please everyone when he was the one that was hurt as well. So yeah. Yeah. Zach and I had an argument the other day and we got out of the car and I don't, I don't um, condone like the silent treatment to your kids. But once we got out of the car, I was like, I, he started doing like the, Hey mom, did you see that? And Mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, bud, I just need a minute to, like, process um, Mm -hmm. the argument we just had in the car. So I'm not going to be, like, looking at that for a minute. And he was like, I just – he grabbed my hand. He was like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have talked to you like that. And, like, that's true. You should – like, he just said something snarky. And I don't Mm – like, mom needs to da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, mom needs to what? 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 this car over. But here's the thing that I thought was really interesting. This is from the New York Times article I'm going to link, which is profound on many levels, but it's actually from earlier um, in the pandemic, I believe. The article is called, I am going to physically explode mom rage Mm -hmm. in a pandemic. Stay at home orders, blah, 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 blah. So this is more when we were like on lockdown. But I thought this was extremely interesting. It also goes into some things about race in here that I think are very pertinent that I want to cover in our um, not being racist versus anti-racism episode. But something that's really pulling in here to me is one of these moms was asked, what do you do to make time for yourself to fill up your cup? And she unequivocally responded, showers Mm. are go sit in the drive up and pick up groceries and then just sit in my car in a parking lot. I like to just sit in silence, eating properly, exercising, showering and getting a little alone time seem like they should belong in the basic health requirements category as opposed to self-care for mothers category. Mm -hmm. Raise your hand every single person that has small humans attached to them. If your self-care is my Our therapist asked me on Sunday, what is your, what are you doing for yourself? And I said, every Sunday I take a big nap. And she's like, okay, what else? And I was like, that's it. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, so once a week you get a minute for yourself. And I was like, well, sometimes my babysitter comes, but she hasn't come for like a month. So I've been fully on kid duty for a month, except for my naps every, every other Sunday. And she was like, that's, you're just catching up on sleep from the entire week is your self-care. Like Mm -hmm. my kids are in there while I'm, I don't even shower alone. You don't shower alone. I shower alone technically, but my kids are in the tub that I can see through the shower and I'm watching them and regulating the entire time I'm in the shower. Stop Mm -hmm. touching your brother. Stop sitting on your brother. Stop spitting. Stop this. Like that's not a relaxing spa shower. (laughs) Oh, ours was a borderline rage last night because Peyton (laughs) – I was in the shower and Peyton wasn't washing her body. And I was like, and she like wouldn't even respond to me. And I said her name like three oh, times and nothing. And I'm in the shower. So she knows like <laughs> I can't quite get to her. And I'm yep. like, I'm going to start counting. And if not, I'm going to get out of the shower and take you out. And I'm like, Peyton one, Peyton two. And she just looks at me and goes, Peyton three. <gasps> and I'm just like. Did you levitate over the top of the shower into. <laughs> basically. And Brandon was home and I was like, I'm going to actually ask dad to get you out of the shower. So I was like, Brandon. And she's like, Brandon. And like, doesn't give a shit that. Second kids are Mm-mm. something special, dude. Something. Yeah. And then she's like, daddy, no. And I'm like, don't 
Feed Don't into it. Don't fall so. for it. Mikey yeah. does that too. Mikey does this like sad cry face and I'm like, he's doing it, Josh. Mm-hmm. And Josh is like, I can't look at him now. Yep. I'm like, he's doing the fake cry. Don't fall. Yes. Like they know. So like if you struggle with rage or just in general, kids know how to push your buttons. Yes. So when you lose it with your kids, don't feel so bad because they know what they're doing. <laughs> And I think that's an important important differentiation in one of these articles that was talking about. So mom, right. And we'd also like to say we are not medical experts. We are not medical doctors. There is some confusion over um, mom rage and then postpartum issues. These are Mm -hmm. separate issues. So postpartum is like the six to 12 weeks after baby. If you are having difficulties. So there's two circumstances. Remember, this podcast is just leaving you breadcrumb trails that you need to go to your doctor. Mm-hmm. So if you are in that postpartum window of three months, four months out from baby, that or is longer. Longer. Honestly, well, I, I know think somebody it's up that to a year. Got, got diagnosed after a year. They had the symptoms leading up to it, if that makes sense. Yes. But they didn't yes. know postpartum rage was a thing. I didn't even know. Yes. And then they got diagnosed later on and then they struggled with it long after. So it's kind of like yes. that anxiety, like postpartum triggered your anxiety. <sighs> mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean just when you're not postpartum anymore, it's going to go away. Yes, Like it could exactly. be an ongoing thing. And they the also said in these articles, real. real, real. And so please go to your doctor if you are with a brand new baby, not even a year old baby. Mm-hmm. I consider up to a year. But it says oh, yeah. if you are frequently yelling at your kids, those were the big, the two big warning signs in here for how it's going to be damaging to your kids. Like Jenna said, kids know how to push your buttons if you yell at them. Try to fix it, solve it, be the parent that you would want as that child needs. However, if you are belittling them, name Mm -hmm. calling, or frequently without warning, exploding on them, those are the three most damaging criteria. So name calling, belittling, and frequent explosions without any warning those are something that, and I actually wrote my names next to it because I was like, oh, <laughs> do I frequently explode with a question mark? So we aren't decided yet. A single in- incident of angry conflict is forgivable and reparable. After all, no one is perfect. The real damage is done by repetition of experience over and over and over again. This is especially true when the child cannot anticipate triggers of the parent's rage. Mm. This situation, Dr. Walsh explained, puts kids in a constant state of apprehension Apprehension, always anticipating the next outburst. So mm-hmm. those are your three things to look for. Also, the two things that we're looking for, postpartum rage is a real thing. If you're experiencing heightened anxiety, anything in the first year, or if you're having more angry than not episodes at no matter how old your kids are. So they're saying to compare it to the weather versus the climate. So one of these articles talks about the weather changes every day. If you're having like a bad storm a couple times Mm -hmm. a month here or there, that's different than a full on climate change that there's anger on the front all the time. That is a mm-hmm. time that you want to reach out to a professional as well. So that's our two-minute PSA for yeah. finding a doctor because I think that's really important. I never thought about it ver- weather versus climate. And so mm-hmm. if the climate in your house is rage and it's stemming from yourself, take a minute. There is no weakness in going to therapy. We should all be in therapy. <laughs> And I think rage is a scary thing to talk about. I know like mm-hmm. any extreme emotion is yeah. usually swept under the rug. So anger yep. and then mm-hmm. 
the extreme, like anger even in itself is usually swept under the rug. It's not a pleasant one. However, sadness is something that people are more comfortable talking about, but Mm -hmm. anger being such a negative emotion and then to put rage on that, people really don't want to talk about it and there's no Mm -hmm. shame in it. And I think I could be completely wrong, but personally, when I talk about rage and my outbursts, I also don't want people to be like, one, you're a bad mom, but two, this is borderline like verbal abuse, you know, or anything along Mm -hmm. those lines. And I don't think we should be embarrassed to talk to our doctors. I know not that long ago, I really was struggling. I was not feeling myself. I had really low energy. I felt very hormonal, especially around like my periods. Turned Mm -hmm. out my iron was like beyond low. And since I've gotten that leveled out, I've felt so much different. But doesn't it make such a difference? Those hormone rage and like, I didn't want to, I was so embarrassed to tell my midwife, like I lose my shit on everyone. I'm not like physically hurting anyone, but I felt Mm -hmm. like I was emotionally hurting my family by always yelling and screaming. And I just knew something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't my kids, then a lot of times, like after homeschool, I would take it out on my husband. And it was just, and he, he even said to me, like, you keep saying it's too much, like what's too much. And I was like, I don't know. I just internally, I just feel like it's I'm boiling. Literally and I what I was saying to Josh yeah. the other day, I was like, I feel like I'm fighting the whole world mm-hmm. and I'm swimming upstream and everyone is yeah. against me and, and I'm doing the wrong thing. feel like tight, yes. but it's about to like explode and come mm-hmm. out. And I was just like, and he kept saying like, is it because the kids are all on you? Is it your to-do list? I was like, it's everything. And I just couldn't quite, and I still experience that sometimes. And sometimes I can't quite pinpoint it because it's so many things leading up to it. And I will be the first to admit I'm at, since the pandemic and everyone being home, I have not been great about self-care. I used to be like, I'm going to go sit down and like read to myself. Well, now I'm reading and there's kids climbing on me or my husband's asking me something. And now I in that article made me realize, like I say like, oh, I'm going to go work out as my self-care. But really that's like something I also feel pressure if I don't get in because yeah, I'm it's trying to like, on take the care of myself. List. Everything's yeah. on the to-do list. And that should just be like, oh, I'm a healthy human basic, mm-hmm. not a need, but you know what well, I mean? Well, no, like, like we talk to our kids, like you need to move your body. We don't call it mm-hmm. exercise. We talk about you need to move your body because you want to treat your body good. Like, yes, right. I feel that's another thing I have to take care of is this meat exactly. suit that I'm in. Yes. <laughs> It's yeah. yeah. And if I don't, then it's going to get meatier. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, winter is coming. So enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. But I think what you're saying is a really important point, And this actually talks about maternal anger is a symptom and an expression of Jenna and Janelle's favorite word grief. And so this mm-hmm. is from the motherly article. But this isn't our normal grief. And Jenna and I both do have we've both documented that our rage is up when our actual grief is up with with our parents when anniversaries are coming and birthdays are coming our rage goes up for sure but that's just Mm -hmm. the anxiety but let's talk about it and break it down in terms of pandemic parenting we are all grieving losses on so many levels during this pandemic this is from the motherly article that i've linked we miss our parents we miss our friends We miss our old lives. We miss our sense of security. We miss our old social supports. We miss the experiences we should have had. We miss childcare. When we think of all the changes the pandemic has caused, it is normal to feel grief. One of the ways grief expresses itself in both children and adults is anger. 
here's what moms should know about the connection between grief and anger. And you can go in and read more about that in the article. But society, and it just goes on to talk about how society kind of fails moms in Mm. terms of support and all the things that can trigger rage, the mental load of motherhood, parenthood, because I don't even want to exclude fathers from this because there's fathers carrying a lot of the load. And Mm -hmm. then these are what the experts say to do. And so I'm going to just list them out because you sh- you need to go read this article if you've ever experienced mom rage. It's so good. Um, it is the steps are name it, which is um, I'm feeling angry right now and I need to calm down. Use I statements in front of your kids. I'm feeling angry mm-hmm. right now. I need to calm down. Talk about it. Find your support person. Is it a friend that you can use a code word with where you can never tell anyone and never judge? Or if your spouse is emotionally intelligent enough or your partner or your roommate, then pick that person. But find someone to talk about it with, even if it's a therapist. Sit with the emotions, which is my worst, but sit with them and observe them without judgment and don't try to shove them down. Anticipate it, which I think is really important, which links back into the grief, which is before we are angry, we are always something else. Mm, And so so true. Isn't it? I like wrote this down like three times. Think of anger always as a secondary emotion. Before the anger, I felt what mine is usually like I feel like I'm drowning and everyone's talking to me people are yelling for water they're not being polite somebody Zach this morning had a mouthful of apple and sneezed and didn't cover his mouth and sneezed (laughs) all over the floor and I was like sitting there trying to like get a Costco list done and Zach was like you said no phones at the table and I was like I'm ordering Costco and he's like but you said no phones at the table and I'm like looking at his app like my overwhelm is always my before anger yeah and so it could could be even like you're mad at something else that happened. Yeah. Like somebody made yes. you mad and then mm-hmm. now you're putting it onto this other person, whether it's yes. your spouse, a friend, whatever. But yeah, I that is so true. A lot of times they, mine is sadness too. Like with, that's such a common one. Yeah. Like grief and everything. Well, just everything is too much. Yeah. The world is a lot right now. I've talked to a lot of moms in my one of my homeschooling groups that are just like, I'm very overwhelmed with the world right now. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what direction it's going in. And I'm scared. And judged. Judged is another big one. Judged. Yeah. Like I know personally, like I've experienced some anger after I feel judged because we are doing things a little different in our house. And you are too, Janelle, (laughs) uh, in terms of COVID and what we're doing. And I think sometimes when I feel judged, then I get mad. Yeah, everybody has their triggers. And so I don't get triggered by feeling judged. But I think that you you being able to feel that for yourself, but mine is I won't ask anyone. You're really good at asking for help. I'm atrocious sometimes. at it. <laughs> sometimes. True. <Yeah>. Sometimes. <laughs> you're, but you're, but your sometimes is 50% better than my That's 0%. True. That's true. <laughs> and so I will just stomp around the house until mm-hmm. an imaginary person comes out and says, what are you stomping for? Because guess what? Right. No one here cares if I'm stomping around the house. No. Nobody notices. My mm-hmm. husband is rarely here. So yeah. <laughs> the kids are just like, what's going on? Like they're yeah. playing with Legos. They wouldn't even notice. If I walked by on fire, they would not notice unless it melted one of their Legos sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people like to journal this. Like if you have a blow up, go back like five steps of the day and think of the things that led to it in a journal. And you will mm. suddenly start to, because you're writing it down on paper, you'll be able to cue up like, oh, 
step one's happening, step two's happening. Step th- if I don't break out of this cycle, I'm going to rupture and explode all over everyone. So Janelle, so, how do uh-oh. we break out of that cycle? Oh, well, well, so it's basically redirecting it or okay. therapy, but mm-hmm. journaling to help you map out what's going to happen, redirecting it, which is basically just reframing it, which I work really hard at. And I actually work hardest at it by telling my husband. So like mm-hmm. reframing is um, in the article, my child whines about everything. Yes. Or my child is really struggling and needs my help. Mm-hmm. And those are two that's they seem millions of miles apart from what you want to say. I frequently I'm like, oh, my God, stop whining. Everyone yeah. is whining at me. Stop. That is just me adding to my pile of the Jenga tower of anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead well, of I think saying sometimes you have to be in a good mindset to reframe. It's so I know weird. I've gotten better. I'm not great at it yet of walking away. Like, You're getting good at that. Yes, yeah. I don't. I like to stay. I like yeah. to stay and see how when it's like with homeschool, my downfall. I would be like, well, we need to finish this. We need to. Fin-. And I would feel like the anger rising and things getting out of hand. And I'm like, well, why do we have to finish this? Could he actually do some of this on his own? And then I just check it. Mm-hmm. Do I have to sit here with him? Or could I go get something done that needs to be done and let them have some time to play? Because maybe he's just getting tired of sitting here yeah. and we could do it later. Or could we do it tomorrow? Starting to relinquish a little bit of control is paramount to Mm -hmm. taking some of the burden off of ourselves. But there's only so much you can give up. You still have to get the groceries and you still have to go to work. You still have to drop people off at daycare. and You still have to get people in little people's flaily arms into winter jackets and boots that don't fit. And it is a lot. And so the final step of this is get help. The phrase that they want you to pay attention to is if I'm going to say a sentence and if this resonates with you, listener, Jenna and I are already in tons of therapy, so it doesn't... (laughs) We're already getting all the help we can. I feel like I am almost always angry. Mm. If that feels true, you are not doing anybody any favors by not getting help. Ask for help. Find help. Therapy is expensive. Trust me. I get it. Like it takes a bite out of our budget and it's something that we have to pay attention to. There's church-based groups that you can join. Um, I When I was in MOPS, I definitely, there were, um, every table had like a mentor mom who was a mom of like grown kids that was far enough removed that you could definitely confide in and feel that they would keep your confidentiality. Is there an in-law you can confide in? Is there an aunt you can confide in? You need to find somebody if you can't do therapy, which God, I get it because I can, I go to therapy Sunday afternoon because it's the only time I can guarantee child mm-hmm. care. I get yeah. that it's hard. I couldn't do therapy and pay child care on top of it. Yeah. It would just be cost prohibitive at that point. Find someone that you could you can write to our DMs on yeah. the Done Playing by the Rule podcast and share. I mean, don't tell us anything that like we would have to report. <laughs> but like anything yeah. short of I beat the bejesus out of someone today. Please feel like you have someone to reach out to because you mm-hmm. shouldn't be alone on Lonely Mom Rage Island thinking that Sarah next door is perfect. I had a girlfriend when I lived in my old neighborhood that everyone still is like, she's perfect. She's this, she's this, she's this. And whenever I drop stuff off at her house, she'd be like, sorry if you heard me screaming at my kids through the door. <laughs> and because I would just like drop off treats once in a while. And I'd be like, no, I never hear I you. I love you. And I love, you. I love hearing that. you scream. Like, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, you're, you have like... <laughs> 
not going to name her kid. Like I almost said her kids, but everyone to this day thinks she's perfect and she looks perfect. And she's, she is perfect because Mm -hmm. guess what? Being a mom with mom rage doesn't make you not perfect. It may, it's, it's something that we need to take as an illness or as a fault because of the lives we're living in right now in pandemic parenting. And even before pandemic parenting, if you were raging out on your kids, sometimes that doesn't make you not a perfect mom. Mm -hmm. No. And I think the difference too is like sometimes, yeah, you could probably still use a little bit of help. But if you're saying often, I think that's a completely different thing. And there is a Mm -hmm. different thing that difference between getting angry and rage. And still, if you're dealing with feelings of anger, I still think you probably should get a little bit of help because let's face it, we all could use someone to talk to. Um, Oh yeah. And what is culminating into that anger? There's something mm -hmm. else going on. Whether it's overwhelm or whatever. So it's interesting. I had a, not a therapist, uh, a psychic reading and it was after I had the explosion with my son and I was feeling overwhelmed. Like once you kind of talked about it and like the reasonings behind it, like there's always an underlying, I was very overwhelmed. We had mm-hmm. a rough few days of traveling, just trying to figure out the logistics of an RV. Well, and, and you were in an RV and, and traveling yeah. like any, yes. And my husband's like overwhelmed. the one driving. And then he's like, what do I do? Where do I go? Stuff like that. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm trying to help this kid in the back and I'm trying to do this and this. And yeah, so I was already feeling overwhelmed. And so I was feeling better when I went to go see the psychic and, you know, she's doing my reading and it was, she was just like, kept talking about like, I just keep, you keep drawing this card that's saying like, you're overwhelmed. You have too much on your plate. And then she was like, you need to ask for help and start passing on some of the responsibilities to other people. And I'm just like, okay, like take it with a grain of salt. Cause I was feeling my life's easy. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, sure enough, I had a huge <laughs> blow up the other day and I didn't even realize it. And it was one of those ones that lasted all day. I was so overwhelmed. And I just kept saying, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't catch up. I feel like I can't catch my breath. I have so much to do. And then I look around and there's so many more things to do. And then by that night, I like sat there and I was kind of like thinking about things. And I was like, she told me, she told me to take some things off my plate. And I did not. Mm, No, I did not listen. Yeah. And I just thought it was really interesting. I was like, oh, she was right. And I was sitting here being like, okay, whatever. Jenna and I like to get our best parenting advice from psychics um, on the side of RV. And then not take the advice. And not take and disregard the great parenting advice from the psychic Mm -hmm. on the road. Yep. (laughs) And I just kept thinking like, oh, she saw she maybe she knew I was a mom or assumed I was a mom. And so I don't know, but. So a, a few more of these articles also, I just wanted to touch on. If you go back and re- you're going to read the whole motherly article, if you're listening to this episode, because it's amazing, but it's another thing. A trigger of rage is inact- in inaction from our partners can also mm-hmm. trigger rage, which is probably yeah. my number one. Until you consider the context, your tearful fury when your partner drops their dishes in the sink while ignoring the dishwasher two inches away isn't actually about the dishes. And I Mm -hmm. think this just goes to really support your rage isn't about the rage. It's not about your kids being bad. It's not about you Mm -hmm. being bad. There's something under the surface that needs to be addressed. It's about the mental load of parenthood among Mm -hmm. the thousands of other ways. And I thought this was a really interesting analogy. Among the thousands of other ways you're seeing around corners every day. Because I just feel that I am constantly trying to look around corners to see what threat is coming next. And that is something that is pretty unique to parents of small children. I mean, honestly, it's probably gonna be huge for teenagers too. We're just not there yet. But I'm gonna be looking around corner. Oh God, think of what sort of like horrible social media is gonna exist in 10 Mm -hmm. years. Oh, 
Okay. Breathe one thing at a time. (laughs) Among the thousands of other ways you're seeing around corners every day, you can't be the only person who remembers to load the dishwasher when you're also the only person in the house who pays attention to when you're about to run out of dishwasher detergent. Mm -hmm. You'd have to be superhuman to not be angry about all the invisible labors of parenthood. The lack of support in mothers is a systemic issue and the pandemic has brought it to new extremes, which I was listening to a podcast that was talking about childcare the other day. And there were cracks in the system before, or no, it wasn't a podcast. It was the interview that Meghan Markle just gave about the cracks in the system before the pandemic. And now the pandemic has made them into giant Mm -hmm. craters because working moms were not supported before and they're superbly unsupported right now. And working parents in general, Mm -hmm. there's no maternity paternity leave. There's no support. There's no child, like there's no help with preschool. There's a whole slew of things that were little cracks with one little dandelion sticking out before the pandemic. And now there are these giant crevices of systemic breakdown for all parents, mm-hmm. especially um, minority groups of parents, which we will talk about at a, at a later well, date. Well, yeah. But- and I mean, like, I know personally, a lot of my friends who work, when one of their kids gets exposed at school, Everybody's it's a whole done. thing. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, and now you can send the other siblings as long as you don't test positive. But if you have multiple kids, chances are you've had at least one, if not more exposures. And it's not just like you stay home for 24 hours no. and a parent has to stay with the kid because chances of you being able to find someone to watch a kid that's been exposed slim to none. So mm-hmm. you have two parents, say you have four kids. If those kids get exposed at different times, like I know that's one of like a lot of people I've talked to, like that are working and that both people are working outside of the home say is like their biggest thing. And they just don't, there's no support for that at all. And not even working outside the home, working in the home, all these mm-hmm. parents that stayed home and worked for a full year with their kids home with no childcare. Now you're expected to do it again. Cause there's like, I just, I yep. feel like working uh, ugh, and unequivocally it frequently falls on the mom, but now it's becoming a more um, equal burden because dads are getting a lot more leeway with war or just, Overall, yeah. everybody's like, holy shit, who, whatever parent can get in whatever capacity will take mm-hmm. you. But at the beginning of the pandemic, this was like, this was all falling on moms. And yeah. it's becoming more equalized now if you look at statistics. However, what Jen is saying is correct. And I was talking to someone the other day that was like, we're not even worried about getting COVID anymore. We're worried about the quarantine because <sighs> COVID is kind of something where we feel like it's inevitable. That at some mm-hmm. point it's going to happen, but we are worried about having to quarantine. If you have three kids and they get it, my kids never get sicknesses at the same time, ever. No. We've had one cold over COVID and it was four days of one kid sick, one day healthy, mm-hmm. four days of the other kid sick. So we had nine days living in this house together. I haven't mm-hmm. had to do two weeks of anything. I can't imagine four kids. What do you got? Eight weeks? Cool. Like, And then they're back how in do you school. Say- so they're probably getting sick more too. So then you added all those days as well. Like mm-hmm. and doctor's appointments and health insurance is ugh, everything is yep. so expensive. Like I even think about that now. Like last night I was eating popcorn and I was like, do we have dental insurance at Josh's new job? <laughs> and I like spit the popcorn out because it was all the kernely part at the bottom, but it was so delicious. Like that's yep. where we're living right now. It's yep. like I'm scared to cr- crack a tooth because I can't remember if we have dental insurance. Yeah. Well, and then I had a, a friend whose daughter got a sore throat at school and she was like, I know it's allergies. 
Yes. And they were like, it's up to you if you want to pick her up because she doesn't have a fever. And it's like now the rules are like, oh, you have a headache. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mom shame and your kids are home for every little thing. Like back in the day at our school, you had to throw up at least more than once and have or (laughs) and or have a fever. You didn't just get an out for like throwing You're up. You're totally. So. I was reading an art. I was reading on something on Twitter, which I'm gonna have to share this morning about how. Do you remember when we were in school? And first of all, how creepy were scoliosis checks in school, where you just take your shirt off and bend down? And Chrissy mm-hmm. Teigen t- tweeted it this morning, and I do they not do them anymore? I guess not. But she said she was talking about it in front of her husband John. John, you know John Legend. Oh yeah. her, just no me and deal. John and Chrissy. Um, she's like I was talking about it. He had never heard of it and thought I was like a because. I think there was like, they'd find some random teacher and you'd have to take your top off and it was so Mm -hmm. traumatic. But then they were also talking about how you used to just put sawdust or cat litter on barf in the hallways Mm -hmm. and you would just walk around it. Like, yep. The kids were just, and somebody wrote like, why were kids barfing so much at school in the 90s? Think about how if you, if you had showed up to preschool to pick up your son or my son and there was barf on the floor in the hallway, just covered with cat litter, wouldn't you be like, what the Mm fuck? That was completely normal in the 90s to just swerve your line around the barf bomb. Exactly. It was my dream come true. Oh my God. Yeah. You were a teacher. You were probably out there dropping the cat litter on. Oh, hell no. I wouldn't touch that. I always told my kids, I was like, if you throw up in my classroom. And of course we had some, but. Jenna was not, Jenna can't do barf. Jenna can do blood, but no barf. Give me all the blood. I can't do blood. I can do barf all day. And so Jenna and I would be a perfect pair. Um, We would be. Josh and I have the same thing though. Josh can do blood and I Mm can't, and he can't do barf. This is really digressed. However. Mom rage to a kid bar. <laughs> mom rage. But here's the last thing I wanted to point out about mom rage is in one of these articles, the woman talks about how she goes, her self-care, she goes out in her backyard and screams and throws rocks at trees. And it's saying like, yeah, that's not what we want people to be doing. But like, if that's the, that's where we are. If that doesn't sum up 2021, like how good does that kind of sound? Like, I kind of think that sounds like a vacation. Yeah. But. <laughs> I mean, that's how that- I tore the thing in my hip because I was <laughs> running so aggressively after homeschool to get out like yeah, instead of yelling at my kids I know. and then I ended up injured so so that's yeah. what we get but finally final thought from the New York Times article even so this is talking about how eating properly exercising showering and getting a little alone time sound like they belong in the basic health requirements category as opposed to self-care for mothers even if those bare minimum self-care needs are met mom rage does not disappear rage has something to say and according to dr markham rage does not dissipate until it feels heard so Mm. this is your call Mm. to action so it's not going to go away until it finds an outlet so think of how you can get your outlet it is so important ruth king an educator life coach meditation teacher and author of many books including healing rage women making inner peace possible and mindful of race transforming racism from the inside out said rage sit at the crossroads of personal transformation. Rage is not to be understood as a useless emotion, empty of knowledge. Rather, rage is a fierce clarity and untapped fuel. When we push rage away, we cannot learn from it. Unfortunately, many mothers are doing just that. It is the challenge to find mother who will talk on record for this article. One mom eagerly emailed me about her rage and then declined to be quoted saying, you know, mom shame. Mm -hmm. So... 
In true accordance with them playing by the rules, we are here to blow the lid off of mom rage and tell you that we've had it. You've had mm-hmm. it. We've all had it. And it does not dissipate until it is heard. Yep. I like it. Now we're just going to go and not rage on anyone for the rest of the day, right? Now I'm about to go on a walk, actually. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get so out cold there. In Chicago. So, with that, are we good? <sighs> I think we're good. So, call your therapist and take your meds. Yeah.